Welcome to the State of Fem Art Podcast, a space where we drive conversations around what it means to be woman creatively and artistically in today's industry. A place where women from various walks of life share their experiences, triumphs, and obstacles as they navigate the state of the world and their creativity. This is a safe space. One where women are celebrated for being fearlessly and unapologetically them. It is a space of belonging for those who feel their artistic and creative endeavors have gone unseen, unheard, or unsupported. But here you will also get resources and tools to help you reach your next level. We'll laugh together, cry together, but more importantly, we'll grow together. I am Tamia Faulkner, and this is The State of Fem Art. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The State of Fem Art podcast. I'm so excited for today's guest. As always, I love talking to just phenomenal women in the industry so that we can help to get you guys inspired and and get some insight and um, education, but also to be empowered by the conversations that happen here. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome today's guest, Jaya. How are you? Hello, I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) We're so excited to have you. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and what you do? Of course. So I have been in entertainment for quite a while now. Um, I went to Howard University and studied radio, TV, and film there. Um, I also studied a bit of acting there. So once I came home, it was kind of like jumped right into it. Um, So I started at AMP Radio as a promo assistant. At the time, I thought I either wanted to go into like radio hosting or um, like entertainment TV type of hosting. So I was at AMP as a promo assistant for a while and then realized I didn't really like my voice. So like radio was kind of out for me. Um, And all the while still pursuing acting, I was auditioning, did a few short films, Then after AMP, I had a few um, kind of like side gigs. I worked at a few pop-up museums, a lot of very artistic type things. Um, And then I found out about the PAGE program at Paramount Pictures. So that is a great gateway if you are trying to work in a studio. Um, You start off as like a tour guide on the lot. Then they have you work kind of as a temp on or like an intern on different desks and different departments. So I worked in special events for about eight months. um, And then I got picked to be the page for the national publicity team. Um, Then pandemic happened. So they furloughed all the pages, but the publicity team, the awards team specifically ended up bringing me back in September of 2020. So I've been working in awards ever since. How awesome. And then also just, did you always, were you always um, originally from the East Coast or did you go to school on the East Coast just to go to Howard? I went just for Howard. Um, I actually, I grew up in Orange County. So born Oh, and wow. Raised. So you're originally from California, yes, born, born and raised. And raised. Um, I went to private schools and I kind of knew, like, I knew I wanted to go to an HBCU. Um, and then Howard was just kind of, they just met all of the criteria, criteria for me. 
Um, and I played volleyball. So I, the coach there was interested in giving me a scholarship. So I went to visit during homecoming, of course. And like, just after that weekend and seeing the, like seeing homecoming, seeing the campus, I was like, where do I sign? Like, I have to go to Howard. I just asked because that's my neck of the woods. I'm originally from Maryland. So the DMV, I always ask when people yes. mention Howard or any of the HBCUs or colleges that we have on that end. I'm like, are you from the East Coast or did you just travel here for school? And it's so crazy because now I'm in California. So, <laughs> so it's, you know, so it's always great because it's very rare, at least for me, that I come across people who were actually born and raised in California. So it's always a, a breath of fresh air to meet those who are Native. Yes, we have a lot of transplants, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love DC. I miss it so much. Yeah. So obviously your path into the industry, especially into just the film industry, into publicity, it wasn't a straight and narrow type of path. You sort of started off in radio and was like, ah, I hate my voice. <laughs> Let's go a different route. What are some things that you learned along the way or what was it? What moment was it that you knew like, hey, you know, publicity is something that I'm interested in or I, I have found sort of my fit here in the awards department? You know, like you said, it like it wasn't a straight path at all. My mom actually worked in um, she did personal publicity for actors and like different talent when I was younger. Um, so I grew up watching her in that space and always thinking like, that's such a crazy job. Like I would never do that. So when this came about, um, it was kind of one of those things where my department was like, Hey, there's this desk they want to interview you for, try it out. Um, and I knew I had liked working with talent. Like I've done some like talent relations type things before. So I kind of just gave it a chance. Um, so that was, that's one thing I would say to anybody kind of starting their careers or like looking for a way in, say yes to things that you wouldn't have originally thought you'd be interested in. Because once I started working with the team, I was like, oh, this is great. And awards was something I had never really known much about. I worked with uh, my now boss. I worked with him and his assistant then, like in the capacity of helping them with like screenings and small type of things. Um, so it was another thing that the opportunity presented itself and I said, yes, and I love my team. I love what we do. So it kind of just worked out. Well, I know entertainment can be very busy and publicity is a lot. <laughs> so from, you know, just a publicity standpoint, what are some of the things that you learned being and working in publicity within awards like what has that journey taught you especially being someone who didn't start off on a path of saying hey I want to get into like publicity or, or media relations uh, what what did you learn along the way that you didn't initially know coming in um I've learned one big thing is talk to everyone like I was a very shy person, uh, but once I started working in this department, even if you're just doing check-in um, at like a screening or just it's a quick interaction, 
say hello, tell people your name, um, speak to everyone, be kind to everyone, because you never know when you're going to cross, pa- cross paths with that person again. Um, or if you end up working with that person in the future, like I, being a page, like knew a lot of people on the lot. So now that I'm working in a department that works with most other departments, when something comes up and it's like, hey, can you email this person? It's like, oh, yes, I know that person now. I've met that person just from something as simple as just saying hi when you see them. Um, The other thing I would say is kind of you have to develop tough skin. Um, When you're dealing with talent, when you're dealing with people from – certain like if somebody from a guild or somebody who's attending an event and say there's a situation where you're at capacity at a screening or they want access to something or they want to see something that you don't have access to yet um or if you're working with a vendor that you're trying to get them paid on time whatever the case may be if you're dealing with somebody that's upset like I used to get I used to take it very personally Um, If someone would kind of snap at me or if they were frustrated, I've learned to not take everything so personally. Um, A lot of times the frustration is not your fault and they're just looking for somebody to help or looking for an answer. So even if they're a little snippy with you, I always kind of take a beat, take a moment, like take a breath to realize, okay, this isn't something that's my fault, but how can I help? Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of that, (laughs) what can you walk us through what a day to day would look like? Um, for you during awards uh, award season? And then also, what are some of the those moments or learning moments for you where you were just like, oh, wow, like, I definitely belong here. This is something I love doing. I could, you know, continue to do this. I guess, when did your passion ignite? <laughs> I think my passion ignited once I started because I love film. I always have. Um, I love going to see the movies. I will watch the same movie over and over. Just the film experience and the creative experience I've always loved. So we do awards and publicity for theatrical. So it's all film based. Um, so I think day to day varies. Um, it's always different, which that's kind of one of the things that was a selling point for me or kind of made me more passionate. I, there's no routine to my day, like at all. <laughs> um, some days it's handling invoices and processing payments for vendors we work with or consultants we work with. Some days it's booking back-to-back meetings for my boss or sitting in on meetings. Um, some days we're out all day. We're not in the office at all because we have events. Like we just had the, or not just, it was a few months ago, but we had the 50th anniversary of The Godfather. So for that entire week, it was the star naming ceremony, a street naming ceremony on the um, on the lot. There was a premiere of the remastered film. So that day we weren't in the office at all. Um, and because it's awards, we do have seasons. So right now we're kind of, my day-to-day right now is kind of gearing up for the next award season. So that's preparing um, materials from what, our films and the actors, the directors that have been in it, what have they done in the past? What awards have they been a part of in the past? Um, what is our campaign going to look like? When can we schedule screenings? Who's seeing the movie? Um, so yeah, it varies day to day, but I think that was part of 
the reason I fell in love with it because it's always different. And some days are more boring than others. Some days are harder than others, but then you have really exciting, fun days. Um, and then just being involved and like knowing what's going on with the filmmaking process and all of that fun stuff. Just out of curiosity, are you someone who tends to thrive in high pressure <laughs> environments? And the only reason I ask is because it seems like you you thrive on like momentum and, and making sure that things are just not still and stagnant, but that there is, you know, variation and constant movement. Yes. And yes. And no. Um, I think I've become a person who thrives in those high pressure situations um, when days get a little crazy. And like, I know we've all had those days where you look at your calendar and you're like, how am I going to get through this or your to-do list? And you're like, there's no way all of this is getting done. Um, so it does get a little intimidating at times where you'll look at what's coming up and it's something you've never done before, or it's a, the biggest thing you've ever done before. Maybe, um, I think when it's happening, like leading up to it, I do get a little in my head and a little worried about how is this all going to run smoothly, but in the moment it's all like, okay, what needs to be done and how do we get it done. So I think when I'm in the thick of it, I don't, I'm just very goal focused. Like if it's something as simple as like all of these executives need to get on a bus and go to this screening or get on a shuttle and go make sure everybody gets there. During that moment, I'm making sure everybody gets there, make sure everybody's good. They have everything they need. And then after it's done, I kind of just take a breath and I'll have like just the night to relax or if it's even just a moment at my desk where I can decompress or like go on a walk or something. Um, so I do like, I think once I'm in the middle of the busy time, I'm very focused. So it's easier, but I do always need that moment to kind of just decompress after. So how do you find that balance? Because the entertainment industry as I mentioned before, it's so fast paced, it's constantly moving, but also I heard you mention your love of acting. And so there's that. <laughs> and then there's the day-to-day -day task that you have to take uh, care of as a part of your role. How do you find that balance to make sure that you are also managing your well-being while getting things done and also staying true to all of who you are because you know you have things that you're also passionate about outside of the work that you do there at Paramount yeah it's hard um as you know like you're busy you have a lot going on as well so you know it's hard to kind of find those moments um to nurture your other interests and take care of your body, take care of your mental health. Um, so I'm a very big advocate of self-care and like wellness days. So I'm trying to make sure as much as I can, I have every week, like a self-care day. And if that's a full day, great. If that's just a few hours of the day where I go and do something I enjoy, that works too. But I'm very intentional in making sure I do things that make me happy. Like I love doing my own nails. So I'll make sure I have my nails done or I'll go on a hike. Um, I'll have like a kind of DIY spa day. Um, I med I've started meditating a lot. That really helps like in the morning and at night. That really helps keep me grounded. And that can be just sitting 
for five minutes. That can be sitting through a guided meditation, whatever it may be. But I'm very intentional to make time for the things that I enjoy. Um, my mom's close by, so I spend a lot of time with her and my friends, making sure we have the time like to fit into all of our schedules where we can all get together. Um, and there's having outlets, like having a lot of my friends work in entertainment as well. So if there's a period of time where we're feeling really burnt out or overwhelmed at work, like we lean on each other through that. So I think just having, making sure you have an outlet, you have something like if you're an artist, I like to paint. I'll spend just a few hours a day if I can, or a few hours of the week if I can. So it's finding a balance and making sure you have time for yourself. One of the things that I love that you mentioned is the self-care day. And also just saying like, hey, it does, you may not necessarily have the time to carve out an entire day, but even taking a few hours or, you know, a few moments to do something that you actually love or want to do or enjoy doing, that is a form of self-care. Because I oftentimes say, if your body is broken, your dreams can't function. So if we're on go mode all of the time, eventually we're going to burn out. We're going to get tired. <laughs> and is we can't give 110% um, just, you know, being exhausted and not really tuning into ourselves and our bodies and really taking time out for self-care. So I love that so much. And I love the fact that you are so multi dimensional. And I feel none of the women that I've spoken to on the podcast just have one thing or one creative lane that they're tapping into. I had no idea that you love to paint. I think that's super dope. So can you share a little bit about that creative side and your love for acting? When did that happen? And how do you stay on the path to make sure that you're not neglecting the things that you're still passionate about when it comes to acting. Yes, I, I'm an artist through and through, I think. That started at a really young age. Um, I was always kind of like drawing and coloring. And that's kind of something I think runs in my family. I have a lot of cousins who are very like artistic as well. So it's something we did together. Um, and a few of us have carried on into adulthood. But yeah, I've that's kind of just an outlet for me, something that's very calming. So um, I paint, I draw, um, I've designed a few tattoos for like myself and friends. So that's um, just kind of a hobby I really love. Um, with acting, like that is my truest passion. Um, I started in... I started with a few theater classes in Howard before I really like knew I wanted to be an actor. So I took a few classes my senior year and was like, oh, wait, I think this is what I want to do. Um, so it's luckily with the position I'm in right now, it's flexible enough for me to still pursue acting. Um, we again, like awards, we have seasons. So there's times where we're not busy. Um, there's times where we're right now we're still partially working from home. So if I have an audition, if I have um, like I've done recently a few short films with some friends that I met through work. Um, and so we can kind of schedule it like, oh, we can do a weekend shoot. Um, so it's still I'm very fortunate that the position I'm in right now allows me the flexibility to still pursue acting because I like I love my job. I have a great time. 
Um, I love what I do, but there's nothing quite the same that gives me that feeling that I have when I'm acting or when I'm on set or when I'm even just talking about it with friends, like nothing really gives me that same spark. So I'm fortunate to still be able to pursue it now. So let's talk about both sides of the coin because you've, you've experienced and seen what it's like to be on set as, you know, talent or be in that creative space as an actor, but also working with talent and, during award season, I'm sure that you have seen some things on the red carpet. So I want to talk about just etiquette when it comes to premieres or um, being on the red carpet on both sides. So just things that talent should know for those who are emerging and get the opportunity to um, be a part of some of these premieres. Maybe it's their first time being on on carpet, and then also the side of being a talent handler and um, some of the things that you do or have noticed or tips you can offer from that perspective as well. So I would say like being a talent handler on the red carpet the first time was probably the scariest thing I've ever done. (laughs) Like I was very like, wait, okay, how do I get them to all the press? How do I keep them moving along? Like, how do I, it's very, (laughs) anytime you do it, it's going to be scary. It's going to be a little awkward. Like that's just kind of the nature of the red carpet. It's really exciting, but it's all, there's always going to be that little hint of like awkwardness. So just know that, embrace it. It'll go away. It's fine. They're feeling just as awkward as you are. Um, I think an important thing for I would say for talent, um, because like you said, being on the acting side and then being on the talent handler side, like a lot of times I'm handling the talent that is, are they're in smaller roles. Um, So for a lot of them, it's their first time on a red carpet at a big premiere. So for the talent, like take the time to enjoy that. Like you're going to feel rushed at some point because they're trying to get everybody through. They're trying to get everyone to talk to all the press outlets trying to get your picture but like take that moment to enjoy like that accomplishment and that moment for yourself um I would say for talent handling a big thing to be conscious of is who's coming up is the carpet getting crowded um it's hard to because you want everybody to talk to press you want them to get all the photos but if you're noticing your carpet's getting backed up then it's kind of how to gently like move the person along, move the talent along, move the press along without making them feel rushed. Um, so that's a part of like talent etiquette. I would say just be very aware of who's around you. Um, and if it's getting backed up, make sure, making sure everyone's getting the time they need without missing out on talking to everybody else. Um, so that. And there has to be a lot of pressure. Oh yeah, <laughs> Especially when you have to tell, you know, the talent or media, like, hey, we need to wrap it up here. Yes. <laughs> so we, you know, move That's to the, the worst move part. To the neck. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst part because it's you're on a time schedule as well. Like the movie has to start at some point, so it's kind of like it's awkward. But um, they understand. They understand that people are coming. Um, they want to go say hi to their friends from the film, and that's okay. Just kind of keep your eye on where they're going. Um, so you don't ever want to lose your talent. Um, so just keep an eye. Let them know you're nearby, whatever they need. Does, does um, that actually happen? Do people actually I, lose talent? Briefly, like you'll see somebody kind of looking around. They're like, I just lost track of my talent. And then it's like, oh, wait, there they are. Okay, we're good. 
Um, oh, wow. Yeah, it's been brief, but thankfully I've never seen anyone get like actually lost or like not make it back to their car or like not make it into their theater. So that I have not seen happen. Knock on wood. It's been pretty smooth so far. Yes, we're knocking on wood for that. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as those who want to break into the TV film awards industry, what are some resources? I know uh, you dropped some in the beginning of our interview, but what are some resources, even books, <laughs> that you would recommend for um, people to look into, to access, to become a member of, so that they can get educated, but also so they know what resources are available to them? I would say a lot of reading, like daily trades, like reading what's going on in variety or on deadline. Um, Cause a lot of times there's a lot of like breaking news stories, but if you submit to like those outlets, a lot of times they tell you like what's kind of going on in the industry. So I think as much as you're, even if you've like, I didn't have any experience in publicity at all, but I was aware of what goes on in the industry just from reading those outlets um, the Hollywood Reporter is another good one. Um, reading those outlets and kind of just knowing what's going on, you get a sense of how these different jobs are done. Um, for awards specifically, just keeping up with um, the process of awards. Like if you can look, go on SAG or go on the Academy and see what their um, submission looks like. Um, reading what's going on with past award ceremonies or what's going on with current ones. Um, so I think just kind of staying in the know about what's happening in terms of breaking in and like getting a job, I think those programs like the page programs, um, like I think Warner Brothers has like any pipeline, any kind of pipeline program you can find, they're great. They really do prepare you for um, a full-time position. Um, and then just making connections, like, I'm a very, when I graduated, I had my, my mom, her friends who were like, hey, I know you want to go into entertainment, talk to this person. Like, I'm going to set up a meeting for you with this person. So like, now that I'm in that position, I love being able to sit down and talk to people about um, my journey and like where I want to go, where I've, have, how far I've come. And if I can ever help guide someone or help like, oh, I heard of this position opening apply or here's how you can apply. So I think just making connections, really going out and talking to people, seeing who you know, um, who just people around you know, and that'll, I think that's the biggest part. What has it been like navigating mentorship um, within the industry? Because I can imagine that some people would be intimidated to reach out and think to themselves internally, like, oh my gosh, I don't even, I may not even know this person, or they may not necessarily have that in where they have a straight line to, you know, to someone. What would you recommend is the best approach for really getting mentorship or connecting with people without, without also crossing the line and remaining professional, um, but not being afraid to reach out? Yes, that's so important. I was a person who was very afraid to reach out um, for mentors um, because of that, like, I didn't want to cross any professional lines or I didn't want people to think I was only interested in getting to know them because I wanted something. Like, I that was a very, very big fear I had. 
Um, I think the best way to go about it is to, if there's someone you admire, if there's somebody you look up to and you want to reach out to them. And like you said, it's hard to get like a direct connection, but even if like there's somebody on Instagram that you follow and that you think would be a great mentor for you, DM them. Don't DM them and be like, hey, I want a job, help me. But it's something where it's like, oh, I'm a really big fan of your work. I've seen you do this, this, and this, or I've heard you speak. There's a lot of um, like webinars and like masterclass type things that go on. So if be a part of those, join those. Um, you can find them on like Eventbrite or for actors. Like there's, if you're not a part of SAG, like there's still ways you can get into these kind of like webinars. Um, so if you go listen to somebody speak, follow up with a note saying like, hey, I just heard you speak at this event. Here's what I learned from it. Um, so really like it's about developing a genuine relationship that's not based on like, what can you do for me? But it's based yeah. on an admiration for someone or wanting to get to know their journey, um, wanting to share yours. So I think just the more genuine you are, the better the outcome will be and the better that relationship will be. That's so good. That's so good. And it's it's so helpful because I know not everyone is an extrovert or, you know, comfortable with reaching out because of some of those right. apprehensions or fears like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be too much. I don't want to come across as a pest or whatever. So it's always important to hear because we need mentorship. It's it's important. We need advocates. We need Absolutely. allies, especially as women within the industry. So how can we continue to move the needle forward for women who are really um, at the forefront of driving, you know, some of uh, some of these positions, even at an executive level, or getting their foot in the door, or making waves within the industry. Because even though work is being done, we know there's a lot more. So, what would you say? How can we continue to advocate for women within the TV and film industry, both on the corporate side, but also just as creatives? Yeah, it's so, we need that so much. Like you said, it's getting there, but we still have so much work to be done. Um, I think things like this, like sharing our stories and getting out there and like speaking about what's going on and our experiences and our ambitions to move forward. Like one thing I've been taught um, by one of the VPs in one of our departments, she's very much like when you're in these spaces, when you're in front of executives, when you're in front of um, like the kind of like the higher up people in the industry, like make yourself known, make yourself known, make your presence known, like own that space. A lot of times, like you said, like we're quiet or we're scared to be outspoken, but we have to, because if you're not kind of like, if you're kind of just complacent in where you are, you're not like open about your ambitions to move forward. How can we? So I think that's important, like sharing your story, sharing what you want to do, where you want to go, and really making the connections and meeting the people to do so. Um, I think that's a big step we need to continue. Absolutely. It's been so great speaking with you. How can our listeners get in touch with you or follow what you're doing? Yes, this has been, this has been so much fun. So thank you again for having me. Like I have loved this time. Um, you're great person to talk to so I'm glad we finally got to meet this way oh, so you're, awesome. you're yeah. amazing. um 
follow me on Instagram, um, Jaya Simone, J-I-Y-A-S-I-M-O-N. Um, I post a lot of work stuff on there, a lot of kind of just self-care what I'm doing. Um, so that's a good way to stay in touch. Um, and yeah, and if you have questions, I'm again, I'm open to DMs. Feel free to ask me questions. If I can guide you in any way, I am happy to. Okay, guys, you heard it here first. Don't be afraid to reach out. Thank you so much, Jaya. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the State of Film Art Podcast. You can catch new episodes bi-weekly on Thursdays. And make sure that you connect with us by following us on Instagram at SoFilmArt. And you can also visit our website and listen to past episodes at SoFilmArt.com.